This is MIA2K Podcast, and we are your ticket from Miami to Seoul. We are your pilots, Kathy and Laura, two fun-seeking girls with obsessive fandom tendencies, taking you on a ride through the Hallyu wave from our perspective as opinionated, grown Latina fans from Miami. Before we close the cabin doors, make sure you're following us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And if you like to watch, our in-flight podcast video is available on YouTube and Spotify. Once we reach our cruising altitude, we'll be serving one thing and one thing only, piping hot tea. We're ready to fly into today's topic with our hot and sunny takes. So fasten your seatbelts, sit back, relax, and prepare for takeoff. Hi, guys. Hi. So this week, we're coming at you with a very special episode because it's our season three finale. Yay. Today is also the fifth and final installment of our company-specific series where we deep dive into South Korea's entertainment agency. Yes, we want to remind you that these company-specific episodes might deal with delicate subjects like child labor, body autonomy, grooming, personal freedom, disorderly eating, body dysmorphia, and a lot of other serious and potentially dark topics. So please be alert to our content warnings to skip a section and also look at the description because the timestamps will also have content warnings for you. And this This episode is a doozy, so just so you guys know. So with that said, today we're going to focus on some smaller companies that we think are important to cover for different reasons. We want to say before we begin to please keep in mind that these companies have a lot less information available about them. So we always try our best to differentiate between facts and opinion, but sometimes this can be hard, especially when there's less resources available. So if we make a mistake or misspeak, just let us know. Please, please, please. So like Lara said, we're going to talk about a lot of small companies, but before we jump into that, we wanted to give a little bit of a update slash just talk about these things very briefly. So the first thing is we did an episode on Starship entertainment which is the company that manages monster x gravity i've last year and starship definitely watched our episode and you should too because they really got their shit together after after that because obviously in order for the members to sign back with them they had a bunch of stipulations and things that they wanted the company to do for them including things that we asked for like creating content for them so now they have their variety show that they've had for a few months and it's getting all the views and it's doing all the things that i said it would do duh and also they got hyungwon on inkigayo for a little bit and they got juhan to host variety shows so they could get that money and you know now juhan's going to the military and hyungwon is going to be touring with uh, shonu so They'll be busy doing different things, but it gave them a lot of exposure in the challenges and on all those things with the idols. So we're really glad that Starship did right by the boys because they deserve it. And then just as they got their shit together, they also clearly got a lot of time on their fucking hands because (laughs) a couple of weeks ago, it came out that a Starship entertainment manager is under fire for allegedly leaving shady comments about new jeans under Minji and Danielle's Bo Korea and W Korea photos. Like, bitch, the time you got to have on your hands and the stupidity you got to have in your brain to be a higher up at a company and have that kind of behavior, I can't. Bully literal children. Literally. what? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So she deactivated her account after that, but I'm just like, girl, you barely got the guys to sign back with you. I am was like, "Mm mm-mm bye i'm gonna do my own thing with someone else because this shit is for the birds i know y'all really are not gonna change so anyway that's the update on starship but again you should still watch our episode from last year because i'm telling you starship took notes so go watch it 
and find out how they were fucking up and that was like our first angry episode and it's very like cathartic and i think <laughs> you if you want to be angry and like need to release some of that anger do it with us anyway next omega x now if you don't know anything about this group in the past year they were very much at the center of a, a lot of controversy not by anything that they did but because their ceo abused them and mistreated them to the point where they were able to take their case to court and they were released from the company which was at the time called spire entertainment we're mentioning them today because we want you all to know that if you see a group coming out of a company called from entertainment so f-r-o-m or in hangul it's written like like apparently they were signing trainees last year as the controversy was going on and as they were losing omega x so these are the same horrible people that manage them and abuse them and we don't want to support that kind of behavior at all even if the idols are good even if the idols deserve it they're going to end up being mistreated by this company so we don't want to support them with that said if you see a from with two m's that's not them from with two m's is two things one an indie singer so don't mess with her like support her of anything and also it's like an up-and-coming app kind of like bubble so more messaging services that are competing that's also not the problem the problem is just from entertainment they are the issue here and then the last company that we wanted to mention before we jump into today's episode for real is brave entertainment for being the actual worst and doing nothing with brave girls even though they had the perfect momentum to like blow them up but they didn't Thankfully, the girls left them and now they are with Warner Music Korea and they have renamed to BB Girls. So if you haven't seen their social media stuff happening, please go follow them. Please go support them. They're having a comeback next month in August and it's really important to help them. They really are talented. They fought to stay together and to keep making music for us. So they're really cute. We saw them last year in Miami. They came. So we know that the industry is so harsh and that it like takes such hard work. So we just really wish them success because they've been through enough and fuck brave entertainment 100 and also they're older they're flirty they're here to get it yeah man exciting love them so that's the mini update before we jump in because we're about to get heavy into the upcoming companies so we just wanted to mention those before you're gonna be shook your mouth is gonna drop the entire time so mm -hmm. but now we got the important tips out of the way so so today we'll be talking about kq entertainment attract rbw p nation fnc and cube entertainment yes we are so with that said we'll start with kq so let us begin <laughs> this episode we kind of split it um we each took different companies so yeah. it'll be like a little bit back and forth so yeah tight. you're gonna see both of us finding out tea for the first time today because it's like the other one is explaining the things to her. So you won't be alone being surprised. We'll be with you. Yep. So KQ has always been super interesting for us because of 80s. We love 80s. So, of course, we're going to find their uh, managing company entertaining. So KQ was founded in 2016 as a management company before they debuted their first boy group in 2018 with 80s. They're a private company and because they're private, they don't really have to provide records or accounts or anything to the public. So there's a lot less information about them. So music from KQ is distributed by Dreamus Company, which also distributes music for JYP, SM, and P Nation, among others. Mm. And they also have a partnership with Stone Music Entertainment for distribution. Mm. I don't know if you guys have noticed, 
how sometimes AT's music videos are shown in their own YouTube account, but also Stone Entertainment's account. And from what I understand, it's just to kind of like help them get more views or whatever. So we're going to be talking a little bit about the partners that KQ Entertainment mentions on their website, which are CJENM, Sony Music, and My Music Taste. And the reason why we are going to do that you'll see a little bit later when we talk about uh, KQ scandals and controversies. Mm. So this is kind of like a little backstory. So you guys kind of sure. know. Sure. So CJ ENM is the entertainment and mass media division of CJ. CJ is a huge Korean conglomerate company. Like it's huge. Part of their media content includes TVN, which is home to K-dramas like Hotel de Luna and Crash Landing on You. Yeah. Their music content includes Mnet Music Channel, hmm. Mama Awards, Take On, Damn. and they also have other partnerships with entertainment companies like B Lift Labs, which yeah. is home to Unhypen. And we mentioned AOMG. them on, on the on the episode on Hype. So yeah. Right. AOMG and Hire. I would like to also mention that AQ is not actually on CJENM's website. But CJENM is on KQ's website. So that's like a little weird. Interesting. So Sony Music and KQ started their partnership back in 2017. So that's pre-80s debut. Mm. And they did it through equity investment. Equity investment is money put into a company for shares. Mm. So they just basically bought shares of KQ. KQ is at least linked on Sony Music UK's website. And it appears to be like a recent link because the link goes to AT's new website or app. Mm. I, I want to I mention that because when I was researching, it wasn't that easy to find articles about KQ and Sony that were recent. Most of them were when they first joined hands in 2017. Gotcha. Makes sense. And then finally... My Music Taste is a fan-initiated live event-making service that brings fans, artists, and promoters from all over the world together in one place to create a valuable and meaningful concert experience for everyone involved. So basically, from what I read, they just kind of gather data and share it with the companies and the venues and stuff to see where the artist would be most welcome if they wanted to put, go on tour or create content, that kind of stuff. Sure. It's it's like super random. So KQ Entertainment is home to ATs, Maddox, and Zykers. Mm -hmm. And one of their subsidiaries was formerly uh, managing Block B. The reason why I gave a little bit of like a backstory. backstory on their partners is because when I was looking into KQ, the biggest controversy surrounding KQ is, is KQ a small company? When you research KQ and small company, you have, you will find like a bunch of Reddit and like Quora articles where like fans ask literally the same question over and over and over and yeah. over. So like, what's the big deal? Why do we care? And the reason why we care is KQ always has had this narrative around them that they're a small company battling it out to make it in the industry and ATs is leading their way and they're going from this tiny little company to like this huge, huge company that will grow and have more groups or whatever with ATs being what's bringing them to like the forefront of K-pop. Right. A lot of people are annoyed also by ATs like 
I would consider rapid rise sure. within the K-pop industry. And they kind of use the fact that they have partnerships with these bigger companies to mm -hmm. undermine AT's trajectory. They also say that because KQ used to manage Block B, which used to be a pretty big group in South Korea. Zinko was part of it. I think is still part of it. They kind of just use all of this to say, well, ATs didn't really work hard. They had all these people with money to make them popular. And like, you'll see there's countless articles and like, it's all crazy and back and forth and you're stupid and you're stupid and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and normal normal k-pop behavior online <laughs> literally Just girly things yeah <laughs> literally and <laughs> some aunties i don't know if you guys know this but ATs was part of the kingdom reality show back in 2021 and a lot of aunties were saying that ATs was doing really well on that program because they have ties to cj enm mm, right so they're they produce like all the stuff so right yeah, yeah so yeah. they're like oh of course they're doing well when honestly like if you see the stages they just did well like sorry period so kq basically said that well with all of this the only thing that they cared about was people saying that ats was getting better treatment because of whatever mm. partnership and basically kq said that they would be filing a defamation lawsuit against post damaging kq and their artist reputation and that they partner with many domestic and foreign companies but they operate independently so again just because they partner doesn't mean that cg enm owns part of the company or anything like that however we will never know or we won't know for sure because they're private so they don't have to say anything right and honestly people need to chill the fuck out <laughs> like, i think it's very obvious that kq has tried to bring the best possible environment for ats and psyker like, from the very beginning partnering with sony before they even debuted ats shows that they were trying to make sure that ats had all the available resources to them to be able to succeed and if ats wasn't such a great group of talented people they, they would have wouldn't flopped. have made right even with all the backing it still wouldn't have mattered like it really just they're talented and that's why they've been able to take the resources that they've had and accept Do something with it yeah right because i mean if you look at's debuted with a music video where they were in morocco i you don't really usually see groups from small companies having such elaborate music videos for yeah. a debut. But again, if the songs had been crappy or they have had zero charisma, it would have just flopped. Yeah, so. it wouldn't have mattered if they were in the moon. Like, they wouldn't have done anything. Right. And if you ask me, is KQ Entertainment a small company? I would say if you compare them to like Big Hit, JYP, SM, YG, they are. However... When you compare it to some of the other companies that we'll be talking about, I'd say they're about the same. So like, I wouldn't consider them a small company. I'd consider them maybe like a mid-sized company at this point, just mm. because of the amount of success that ATs has gotten internationally and in South Korea. What do That's you think? Fair. Yeah, I think all the controversy, like you said, from people just going back and forth on forums that literally have too much time on their hands. It's just stupid because like no one's taking the credit away from 80s. Like you said, like if they weren't as good as they are, they wouldn't have made the splash that they did. So I think it's normal to kind of question things a little bit because it called our attention to like know right. more about this. 
And it's just, I think transparency and honesty is best, which you don't get a lot from a private company. And this, like, you know, CJ and M has a lot of power, like a lot of power, and that's undeniable. And I don't think they have to hide that. And they're not because they're not hiding it from their website, but it is not listed on the CJ and M's website. So there's something that is being hidden and that's right. what is causing the issue because if they were open about it I don't think the conversation would be happening in the first place but I do understand that they're trying to prevent people from taking any credit away from ATs that they rightfully deserve because that's fucked but now it makes sense like we always knew that Wuyong and Yosung uh, were trainees at Big Hit and they left and they went to KQ and we always have heard that when a trainee leaves to another company the new company has to pay out the old company and the estimates say that it's like three million dollars to equip a trainee to become an idol so that's a lot of money and a small company doesn't just have that as like chump change lying around and so now we know maybe where the money was coming from and that's fine like there's nothing wrong with that good for them for being smart and getting the backing at the right time and having the money when they needed it right. period and i mean when you say hiding, it is kind of interesting that a lot of the articles that I found when I was looking for KQ Entertainment mm -hmm. were talking positively about KQ, but in a way that makes them look very small. So mm -hmm. they'll say like an article about KQ staff being like family members to ATs or KQ, not as big of a company as you would think. So it was all like, like I said, there's always been this narrative. narrative yeah. It's just, it's weird. Like the, what's, you know, like, yeah, like all said, I would say to that is, you know, we talked about the really big companies that have investment and ties to neighbor and cacao and yeah. those two single handedly run communications in Korea. Mm -hmm. so if KQ can get help from CJNM to control a little bit of the media, then so be it. Like right. it's a dirty game at the end of the day and everybody has to play it. So suck it. <laughs> so Honestly. <laughs> I'm just glad we have ATs. Same, so same. They're they're an amazing group, and they truly are committed. They truly deliver every time. So why shouldn't they get help where they can? Because that is a cutthroat industry. And if you guys want to hear more about our opinions on ATs, we actually did an episode in our first season, I think it was, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where we talked about why we love ATs. Yeah. So and our love has only grown since. So let us know if you want another episode on them because we'll do it. You don't oh, have to tell 100%. me to talk about Hua or all of them. I will talk about Hong Jung till the cows come home. That's a fun time. Mm. So with KQ Entertainment, some recent developments as of literally this week. <laughs> literally. KQ debuted their own app called Tok Tok on Monday, this Monday, July 17th. Mm. And the description reads, get the latest updates from KQ artists like ATs and Psychers. So if you guys are 18, you know that back in April of this year, ATs joined an app called B.Stage. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm sure that's not how you read it, but whatever. Yeah, like B.Stage, whatever. Thank you. And this DuckDuck app is it's basically just beat that stage. I just like changed the name, like, because I downloaded the interface is exactly the same. The creators or the, like the company, the tech company, mm -hmm. it's the same company, <laughs> which I thought was super interesting because B stage and talk talk were created by this company or developed by this company called Be My Friends No Spaces. Their CEOs, they have two are Steve So, which is a former CEO of Weavers. Yes, he. that Weavers. And 
Bryce Lee, which is a former CEO of Dreamus Company, which we talked about a little bit earlier, that they help uh, distribute KQ's like music. Yeah. So I thought that was super interesting. Mm-hmm. Also, Be My Friend counts CJ Group as an investor. So it's like all like this arroz con mango, like it's everyone's with everyone, yeah, honestly. And Dreamus Company is also an investor on this app and the Dreamers company is publicly traded and the majority owners are SK Group, SM Entertainment, and JYP. Here's the thing. We, we, this is when we started teasing this episode. We were talking, I can't remember at this point if it was the Hive episode or the SM episode, because that's when we're talking about the acquisition of the DRU technology company, which is what owns Bubble. Because the whole thing is that DRU acquired Universe, which was the company where Astro, ATs, all the groups from like smaller-ish companies were using Universe up until January. And then they were told, hey, everybody's transferring to Bubble. And that's when ATs was like, no, we're not. So if you heard us teasing and all that stuff about this is why we were talking about it. And this is why we always want to talk about KQ. Because again... The smallest little company is not going to have all this funding to get an app and do things that basically it's like a white label app. It's not that they created it, but to do all these things that other companies don't have the resources to do. So clearly they wanted to compete with Weavers, which is the David and Goliath competition of the century to like stand up to them and be like, we don't want to be on Weavers. We don't want to be on Bubble. We want to do our own thing. But at the same time... If Dreamers Company is an investor and SM Entertainment is one of the majority owners, it's basically like all intertwined because SM has Bubble. But SM no longer has Bubble. That's a thing. That is a T. That is a T. And that's that's where and JYP too. JYP and, and SM have been using Bubble, but Bubble is going to Weavers. So they're basically saying we don't want to have all our eggs in one basket. And if we can compete with Weavers at some point, we will. So this is this is a tea that like all the companies are not just getting along and taking it quietly in the background. And they don't want Hive to own the world. And honestly, I don't know if you've used B-Stage, Kathy, but I, I haven't like, used the app. I just go on the website. I downloaded the app just because I, I, I like apps and it has a good start but it's still super, super, super clunky. It does have the same vibe as Weavers. Mm -hmm. Um, I think maybe this week, actually, I started noticing that they, like the little message, bubble kind of messaging started. (laughs) I joined the 80s one because it was free with the membership. Okay. And it has like a great interface, but I don't speak Korean and there isn't a translation option within the app anywhere. Yeah. So anytime any of the members post, if I really want to know, I have to like go into a translation app, translate it and then be like, oh, that's what he was saying. So it's yeah. kind of like clunky, but it's it's getting there. I've heard uh, a bitching, not bitching, but saying since the app came out that it's unfortunate that there's no translations available because that does, you know, any any time that you have to jump or like click on something to go somewhere else, it takes away from the experience. Right. So right. clearly they do have a lot of work to do on the development side. And this app, just as a final note, isn't only for K-pop groups. This app is literally like you can start your own community pretty easily. It's not just for like famous K-pop groups or famous people in general. Yeah. Like companies and like other people can have it. So 
that's but but there is a reason why you won't be seeing MIA2K on B stage or Talk Talk anytime soon. Laura, care to share what happened this week? So, <laughs> if you guys have used X and Bay and even maybe PayPal to pay for anything on a Korean website, check your credit slash debit card statements as soon as possible, because a lot of fans have reported fake charges for purchases in Walmart. And it I, just so happened to include Laura in that mix. I'm one of them. So most of the people complaining have been people that used have used Bay in not just B stage, but also like even Weavers. So I was like checking, making sure. And then today I'm at work in a meeting and I get a text message. Is it you trying to make a purchase in Walmart? And I'm like, Walmart <laughs> Walmart this team's meeting is not a Walmart like <laughs> so just make sure you check your card statements yeah luckily my credit card had a pretty good system and it like the the purchase didn't go through but yeah. you know still just check yeah we saw the news on Twitter with the people complaining mostly from B stages link to X and Bay and PayPal's link to B stage as well so if you're an 18 first and foremost, like any fan, like Laura said, but especially if you're an 18 who paid for the membership in April, like we did, go check because I checked my card. I'm okay. But there's a bunch of people, Laura included, whose data was clearly leaked. It's been breached. So check your cards and make sure that you don't have a bunch of charges that are not yours because it is racking up. And most of them happen to be from Walmart across the board from what we've seen on like Twitter from people sharing uh, screenshots. So check your, if you, I paid personally for the 18 membership with my uh, credit card. So did Laura. Cause we both thought like, we usually do things through PayPal with, when it comes to Korea, but we were able to do it with our credit card. So we did. And so check your credit card. If not check your PayPal because the activity also there has been shown to have some crazy charges and mostly from Walmart and that's KQ. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, thank you, Laura, for introducing us to KQ and bringing us all the tea. And guys, please let us know your thoughts on whether or not you think they're a small company and whether it even matters, because at the end of the day, we're all going to die anyway, and it's not going to matter whether the company was big or small. That is your PSA, the more you know. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is a coping mechanism that has worked wonders for me. Don't worry about it. It's fine. So anyway, that was KQ. And now the next, as promised, is Attract. Now, guys, when I tell you, Laura and I have been talking about doing these company-specific episodes for months, since like January, February. We finally started season three in March. There's been all the bullshit and crazy things like happening, which is wonderful because we've been able to drop the episodes with like a lot of up-to-date information that like literally no one else has in these exposés that they do on YouTube and stuff. So from the beginning, we wanted to do a small company episode. For a couple of selfish reasons, just like I wanted to start this just to shit on YG from the beginning, like I just wanted to do an episode (laughs) to shit on YG. I always wanted to talk about smaller companies, Uh. particularly to shit on a couple of them too. But in the document that we had from like just the early days of like, let's talk about it. I had put a tract because clearly 5050. Okay, so if you haven't heard, 5050 is a group that debuted in November, blew up. If you haven't heard Cupid, where have you been hiding? Because everybody has heard Cupid. And so because of that, at some point, I will get into the timeline in a little bit. 
but uh, a track signed with uh, Warner Music. And I put it in the document as like, oh, look, they sign with Warner Music. They seem to be a good company who has their shit together. And the LOLs, <laughs> let me tell you, the LOLs looking back, my little notes did not age well. And so let's get into Attract right now. So Attract was founded on June 17, 2021 by Jong Honjung. This is the youngest company we'll be talking about today because all the other ones have been established for a lot longer. This company barely just made two years. They are, <laughs> it's currently managed by co-CEOs John Hongjung and Ches Hongho. And also maybe a third CEO. We don't know because his LinkedIn says he's the CEO, even though he's not the CEO, but his name is Xi'an, or I believe that's how it's pronounced. It's S-I-A. HN and people in a lot of like reporting that they've done about the company say like three joint leaders, but like it wasn't supposed to be at the CEO level joint, but whatever. Xi'an's full name is An Songhyul, and you'll be hearing this name a lot. So just remember that name. Xi'an, or I, I will call him Xi'an because I think that's just easier to remember. Attract is a private creative production and content development group, and their distributor. Currently, as I mentioned earlier, is Warner Music Korea for global distribution purposes. Before Warner Music, they were actually linked to Interpark, and that'll come in handy in a little bit. So their groups or artists signed are 50-50. They also list the members individually. Their names are Sena, Aran, Kina, and Shio. And we're about to get into the controversy, so I need everybody to take a deep breath with me. Okay, so before we start talking about the controversy, which, by the way, it's very long, and so what I had to do was do like a timeline of events because literally when I tell you that every day something happens, every fucking day something happens. This company is entirely too young for this level of bullshit, okay? So before we get into that, let's talk about the main characters and players that are involved. So the key players, as I mentioned, Ang Songil, Xi'an, he's a CEO and producer for a small company called The Givers. He is known to have produced singers like Jaywalk, Unji Won's solo career, Rumblefish, and more. Currently, his agency is also the home to Song Song Young, character number one. Character number two is Jung Hong Jung. He's the CEO officially of a track. He has managed artists including Cho Kwang Woo, Yang Soo Kyung, Bobby Kim, Yoon Mire, hello, big name, and Ha Sung Won. Then we have Camp, which is a performance production company based in the US, like the Camp Fire like Festival. Camp? People. Camp? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, they have really? hosted several K-pop festivals. Ang Songil worked here as an employee in 2019. So the guy Xi'an from before him, yeah, worked there. And then we have 50-50. So let me tell you how they all kind of came together, and then we'll get into the timeline of events. So Hong Jung, the comp CEO, and Xi'an, who was working for camp at the time, met in 2019, and they decided to form and launch a girl group. Xi'an plus two camp employees would produce... And Camp would manage the global strategy. That was the agreement while Hong Jung was the CEO. In 2021, Hong Jung and the Camp CEO did not see eye to eye anymore on the strategy. So Camp pulled out of the project. But okay. because Xi'an was working there, he basically talked to Hong Jung and was like, hey, I'm going to leave Camp and I can manage the global strategy because you already know me. Like, we don't have to transfer anything. Like, I can take care of this. So I will get out, start my own little shindig, and we'll take care of that. And Hong Jung said, you know what? That makes sense because you know the whole story, you know, the tea, whatever. So, yes. So, Xi'an plus the two employees who had been dealing with the stuff from camp leave and they form the givers. So, this oh. is the givers that was mentioned earlier. Okay, okay, okay. Hong Jung, at this point, followed his lead. 
and entrusted him with everything related to the members. From all the text receipts and audios that have been leaked so far, the Attract CEO seems to have had genuine good intentions-ish and was fully bamboozled by Xi'an and his partners in crime. So the recent developments, how long do we have, Laura, please? Because it's a lot. So in November, <laughs> in November of 2022, 50-50 debuts with their EP called The 50. It does really well. In January of 2023, while they're working on their upcoming music, because as we know, K-pop is churning away, Xi'an paid $9,000 to three students from Sweden who wrote a song, little known song called Cupid. $9,000, by the way, is nothing. But he paid them off with that amount. And that's how he planned to buy out their rights for the song. But it gets more complicated than that. But we didn't know the actual complication until literally two days ago. So just put a pin on that on how he actually managed to buy the copyrights. February 24th of 2023, Cupid drops in Korean and English. Absolute banger has had us all in a chokehold. I literally mentioned it in our episode of the Year of the Girl Group because I was literally in a chokehold by Cupid. March 27, 50-50 debuts with Cupid at number 100 on the Hot 100 Billboard list, which I is see. a huge accomplishment. They are actually the fastest K-pop group to have ever done that. Like they passed New Jeans because they have oh, only yeah. like debuted in November. So they're the fastest K-pop group to have entered the chart. Right. So in March, then Xi'an submits a document for the change in the distribution of the copyrights for Cupid, moving 74.5% of the distribution from the three Swedish composers to himself. Noted, and this is important to note, one of the members, her name is Kina, had also participated in the, in the songwriting of this song. And originally her credits were 6.5% and he changed them to 0.5%. Okay. So wait. So from February to March, the Swedish people were getting money or not yet. They got the $9,000 in January. And that was it. And that was it. <gasps> from, okay, from, okay, okay. from everything that I've been reading, there wasn't, okay. there was no royalties conversation here. Okay. 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 So, and I'm sure because they were like music students and stuff, they probably didn't have okay. backing or knowledge here. So Lawyers. correct. So April 1st, like I mentioned earlier, Warner Music Korea becomes the official distributor uh, for global matters with 50-50, which at the time we were all paying attention, we thought was a good thing. And we thought, wow, yeah. what a smart move. Then in May, 50-50 is announced as part of the Barbie movie OST. Again, Huge. big news. Like I remember our group chat, like we didn't even stand like that, but we were just like, wow, this is so good. This is when shit starts going <laughs> fucking wild june 23rd attract accuses outside company of luring slash poaching 50 50 members and explains their inactivity was due to a member having health problems and surgery on may 2nd so 50 50 at this point other than like news about them was not very active anywhere and the fans were like what happened like where are they so at this point the company reveals that one of the members actually had surgery on may 2nd and they start kind of throwing stones that say there's an outsider that is trying to poach the girls. As soon as this shit started happening, I was like, hmm, is it Warner Music? Because Warner Music is like taking on a lot of groups that have been through shit. So like GOT7, BB Girls and stuff like that. So it kind of made sense to me immediately to think maliciously. Also, you know, Laura and I are from Latin America. So we just like think maliciously anyway of when things are happening. We're just like, yeah, let's think about the worst possible case scenario because that's probably the truth. But at first we didn't have a name. But then 
on June 25th, the attract CEO pleads with the members to come back to attract. And then the agency fully names Warner music as the poacher who is trying to take them every single day. Something happened June 26th. A track claim that it appears an outsourcing service company and Warner Music Korea are involved behind the recent case of an outside force attempting to extort a member. So now there's extortion mm. accusations going a on. A member? A member. And then Warner Music Korea, of course, has to respond. So they say a track's claims are groundless. And we are regretful that they have sent us a certification of contents. June 27th, 5050's fan cafe was shut down by an unauthorized external force. Shortly after, a track shared a statement saying that while the fan cafe has been recovered, the agency is currently taking action. That same day, they said we filed a criminal complaint against Xi'an, the CEO of The Givers, and three others at the Gangnam police station. The alleged offenses included obstruction of business, fraud, and breach of trust. So at this point, the CEO is like, this guy fucked me over. So I'm going to take matters into my own hands and make this shit go public. June 28th, 5050 released an official statement through their legal representative law firm stating that they filed for provisional disposition of suspending the validity of their exclusive contracts on the 19th of June, claiming that their agency attract violated contract terms. So this is really big. Basically, at this point, the companies had just been fighting each other publicly, but now the girls came out, took a stance together and said, we want to end our contracts with Attract because they violated the terms. This is huge. Yeah, they're one of the biggest groups at this point. And they have the Barbie movie soundtrack. Right. Like all these things like, are happening. So, so it's, many things. It's a, it's a really, 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 really big step. Like can't even say how big it was. June 29th, the giver shared that they will take legal action against Attract and denied all allegations. July 3rd, 5050's agency releases an audio recording with alleged intervention of external force. So Attract said, oh, you guys are going to call me a liar? <laughs> no, not on my watch. So they actually recorded a call between the Warner Music Korea executive and the Attract CEO. In that conversation, the call basically went something like, so the Warner Music executive is like, yeah, so we were talking about like 20 million for a buyout. And the CEO is like, what do you mean? And the Warner Music Korea person is like, yeah, we talked to Xi'an about this. And the CEO is like, I have no idea what you're talking about. What do you mean a buyout? And the Warner Music person is like, yeah, you know, that's that's the terms that we're talking about. Like, that's what you say about, like, us taking over, like, a new restructuring for the label. And the CEO is like, what the fuck? Like, I knew nothing about this. So that recording gets released, basically proving that his claims were true. And Warner Music Korea was doing this in conjunction with Xi'an. So the givers literally backstabbing and doing everything behind the scenes. And Hong Jung, CEO of Attract, is blindsided and has no idea what the fuck is going on. July 4th, 50-50 cancels the Barbie music video shoot and also appearances that they had scheduled. They were supposed to show up at KCON LA this year, canceled. And several endorsements that they were about to embark in, also canceled. July 5th, the trial began. The news comes out that the members of 50-50 allegedly aided by their parents had filed for around 60 trademarks of their groups and stage names at the same time that they sued for their contracts to end on the 19th of june so you're saying <laughs> that there's backstabbing coming from everywhere everywhere holy shit everywhere it's better than a novella like girl the netflix documentary that needs to be made on these people wow and then the givers puts out a statement with some bullshit explanation about why the copyright changes for the song happened when they did 
they're like this was done before the music like went viral this was done because the ceo clearly doesn't know the difference between like copyrights and neighboring copyrights and this is what you know what we did to make it easier to do remixes and other things later so they're claiming that this was normal that literally putting okay. 95 percent of the copyright to Xi'an's name was the normal and the right thing to do july 7th the barbie dreams song by 5050 featuring Kali is released. So the song did get out because it was already part of the movie. Also, should we mention that Warner Music is involved with the Barbie soundtrack and the movie? No? Okay. Just, you know, thought of little little tidbit to add here. But yeah, the song does come out even though the, the music video did not get made. On July 11th, TV Daily reveals that 5050 received an offer to become ambassadors of a famous eyewear brand. And it was like the, the news said, like, we're willing to pay them new jeans money. Okay. That's the that's the terms that we're talking about. So that's huge, 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 huge. The givers actually turned down the business opportunity. And the Attract CEO was unaware of the ongoing business deal talkings that were happening. So basically, the dude from the givers left the country to do some shady shit, I'm sure. And and the eyewear brand was talking to the CEO and he's like, I had no idea what was happening. And they're like, oh yeah, we've been talking to this guy, but he keeps saying that, that you guys can't do it, that the girls are busy and that the girls can't do anything. So Xi'an is literally pushing opportunities right now just to cash in on them later. Don't believe me, just watch. That same day, this news came out. So you remember at the beginning how I mentioned that Inner Park was the previous distributor and now they have Warner Music? Because of that contract ending, it was published on the 11th that Attract and 5050 are in position to get roughly somewhere between 3 to 10 billion Korean won in settlements from their contract with Interpark ending because this includes money that Spotify streaming of Cupid got them. 5050 didn't say anything, but Attract said that these claims were groundless. I don't know about that. Because we have the saying in Spanish that says, cuando el río suena es porque piedra trae. Like, if there's a rumor, there's usually a reason. So, when Attract gets money, it would be the CEO of Attract and not Xion or, or whatever is it? Well, there is a 95% copyright situation. Oh. So, pero wait, there's more, which happened literally more? this week. Oh, girl, it's literally like, I'm telling you, two days ago, Jesus. two days ago. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, let me preface this by saying, usually, you know, fans are quick to say a company is shit and to send protest trucks and do all the things and have the artist back. Usually. Yeah. Up until this point, once the Attract CEO started bringing out the receipts of the phone call and the text exchanges, because there were text exchanges between him and the givers dude. Because like he wanted to see the girls rehearsing and the givers dude will be like, no, the girls like don't act the same when you're around, like they're intimidated by you. So don't come see them. And all the communication with like the girls and the parents was managed by the givers. So the point here is that the CEO actually has not had actual control of the group because the givers has not allowed that to happen. Xi'an has been the one running the entire like operation. The girls haven't talked to the CEO and God knows how long. So whatever version of life they're living is what Xi'an is telling them and selling them, which is not great. So on the 17th, Dispatch, who always comes in handy with the dossiers and the exposés, revealed that Xi'an actually, you remember how I said that he transferred the copyright 
from the Swedish members to himself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it turns out he forged the signatures of the three Swedish composers on official documents to transfer the copyrights from Cupid from them to himself. This man is a criminal. So <laughs> and... wait a second. <laughs> All that I saw money the signatures. is not him. Well. Here is what's happening. Because of this expose, you know a little organization by the acronym of COMCA, Korean Music Copyright Association. They, on July 18th, because of that report, they decided to withhold the royalties from 5050 Song Cupid due to the allegations that the copyrights have been oh illegally transferred. I they also, trust. at this point, because I'm telling you, Usually everyone is quick to be like supporting the girls or the artists and like say fuck the company. The Korean Music Copyright Association has thrown their full support behind the CEO and is asking the girls to go back to attract. Like, that is unheard of. That never happens. <laughs> oh is... my god. I became a T-Rex from the news. Like, oh my god. <laughs> That's insane. This is guys. This is a that lot. Never happens. This is a, like the Korean Music Copyright Association is there. Like the only time that us as fans hear about it is when our faves get credits added to it. And we're like, oh, the leaders and the youngest person with the most credit. That's the only time that we hear about them. For them to withhold the royalties, I think is the right thing 100% yes. until things get solved. But for them to literally publicly throw, throw support behind the ceo and yeah. like tell the group go back to the company it's a lot but the dispatch report was genuinely very damaging to Xi'an because it's not like dispatch like some uh, tabloid person just sat there <laughs> and was like this signature looks different no they hired an expert in or say did <laughs> oh in whatever the science is called of like forgery detection yeah and they determined that the signatures were forged and like when you see the signatures we'll add this to our blog so you can see like the picture of the signature side by side like Xi'an didn't even try girl like they are so obviously not the original he didn't even try to forge them which is like baby if we're gonna commit a crime then commit it fully so the korean copyright people mm. it's like a private like the grammys type of thing where people like apply or they get like like they have members, right? Yeah, yeah. You have to like become a member of of them by be by being a songwriter or a producer or whatever role you have in the music making process. So that means that all the board members or whoever manages them had to all come together and say, "Go with him." Like that's in that's insane. Yeah, yeah. Because they don't they don't make statements like every day. Like this is this isn't someone like this isn't an, an organization that is involved in like drama or tea like at all whoa that's yeah. that's insane i'm yeah so then that was on the 17th on the 18th the givers emphatically stated we want to make it clear that we acquired the copyright for cupid through the legitimate process yeah right listen to me Xian. you did a shitty ass crayola ass signature on a paper and you want to be like claiming legitimacy here. Like, no. Via our music publisher, we aim to eliminate any confusion and convey the objective objective facts. Uh-huh. Yeah. Alternative facts more like surrounding the copyright acquisition. And then there was an article, which it was funny because Laura sent it to me. When I saw it, I was like, this headline is like misleading, which was 50-50 is in reportedly in danger of being blacklisted from the industry. And at first I was like, no, they're not. Like, 
you know, they're just like right. four random girls who are in this like whole thing. But then I did see a comment that I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's very, very long. But basically, it's supposedly from a Korean fan and it's a claim to international fans to not support 50-50 anymore. And they're throwing their full support behind the CEO. And in these articles, like people are literally saying, like, I don't want to hear their voices anymore. Like Korean fans are tired of it. They feel like the girls have been completely ungrateful because when they were making claims about like working too much or having like health issues and not enough time to rest, like Korean fans are here with the receipts and they're like, you had 22 appearances in seven months. How the fuck is that abuse? So they're calling them ungrateful. And they're saying, like, literally for any K-pop group, like, your size and your age, you should be grateful that the company has done what they have done for you. And basically, yeah, the whole thing about them being blacklisted is possible. I think Xi'an, like I said earlier, is banking on the ideal situation for him, I guess, is the court's rule in his favor. He takes over the management of the girls either jointly with Warner Music Korea or by himself, which I'm guessing he wants by himself, but at least with Warner Music, there's a shit ton of money. He doesn't have to worry about money anymore, but he also can't do 95% credits to himself. So who knows? And he, like, after all this blows over, he's hoping to recover the reputations of the girls and pin everything on the CEO who, okay, my conclusion here. My conclusion, because I don't, you know, I don't know anything. I'm just a random person on the internet. I think no one here is fully innocent. Like, I'm not going to say the CEO is a fully innocent. I'm not going to say the girls, because the what it seems to be happening is the girls are being gaslit by Xion, right? They're being yeah. told a number of things and they're being told to act in a number of ways because how the hell are four girls going to convince their families to go to like file for trademarks for their right. groups unless they're being fed specific information? There's been stories about both the CEO and Xi'an selling their cars or selling things to be able to fund things for the company. So like both of them have an interest here in having like good PR and a good image. Okay. We don't know. We won't know for now. But attract the givers, Xi'an, all of this is a lot. It's a mess. No one knows what's going to happen. I, I think after the Comca decision to hold the royalties for now, things are being reshuffled in the back end because yesterday for the first time in over two months three months there wasn't any news about 50 50 yeah so who knows what's happening with them right now and it's just very dirty very very dirty very yeah. unfortunate because the songs like the 50 the the ep hits like i actually like other songs other than cupid from them i did listen to them quite a bit when um, i got into cupid i went for the rest of the music because it was good and it was just four songs i think so yeah royalties inner park billions millions korean one dollars warner music korea this is like a cloud of words and wow. yeah um we'll, we'll see what happens if they can actually rehabilitate their reputation with mm-hmm. the fans because a lot of the fans are not what fans of them anymore right now that is insane yeah for me personally again as far as i'm concerned no one here is fully innocent but i do think she owns a piece of shit because once like let's say he was looking for the girl's best interest right and he's trying to look out for them why did he change kina's credits from 6.5 percent to 0.5 percent that is a huge fucking change it's not like he was like it's not like going from 6.5 to 6 percent like he literally has 95 percent of the copyrights to cupid right now because yeah. he cheated the Swedish writers and he cheated 
the girl that he's working with. And the other person that has 5% is another employee from the givers. That's crazy. So yeah, I think I think he's the literal actual devil. He's not good. I don't believe anything that comes from him or the givers. I don't believe in anything from anyone, but especially not from him. Agreed. So yeah, if you want to check all of the receipts from all of these conversations and all of these events, check out our blog. We will have the detailed timeline with links to all of the articles and all the news. And we will keep it updated, I guess, because it's an ongoing situation. So yeah. Tell us who, whose side are you on? <laughs> Please. I whose wanna, side are you on? I want to yeah. know because yeah. I have zero opinion right now. I'm just shook. <laughs> like Shook. Listen, even after days of looking at this, all the news, it's very difficult to form a well-meaning, educated, unbiased opinion here. When like literally because there's more news mm -hmm. literally for every single day of the week since May. But it was just like he said, she said it's a lot of yeah. just throwing each other shit around. So that was a track. <laughs> so after that <laughs> mess, we're sure. going to be now talking about RBW and compared to a track it's not crazy. So who is RBW? RBW was founded in 2010 as Rainbow Bridge Agency by King Ju-Hu. And then Wa Entertainment was founded in 2012 with CEO Kim Do-Hun. The reason why they're two different companies is Wa Entertainment or WA Entertainment was kind of together with Rainbow Bridge Agency. Rainbow Bridge Agency wasn't like an entertainment company. They just did content. So it wasn't like an entertainment company. Gotcha. So I just wanted to point this out because I thought it was super interesting. The CEO, King Doohun, is a Korean composer and producer who has worked with a lot of RBW artists, but has also worked with a little known group called BTS on their song Blood, Sweat and Tears. So I Damn. thought that was super cool. Interesting. RBW stands for Rainbow Bridge World. And the RBW that we know now actually happened in 2015 when WA Entertainment and Rainbow Bridge Agency merged and became just one. So RBW is publicly traded as of November of 2021. Hmm. And just to kind of bring in the Arroco Mango from earlier, the Dreamers company owns about 2% of RBW. So honestly, T. So who are the artists under RBW? They currently have Mamamoo, Solar and Mumbio, Juanes, Purple Kiss, Kara, and Card. Some of these are under their subsidiaries, but it's basically just RBW. Sure, sure. Two former artists would be Hwasa and Wien because they're not with RBW anymore. RBW scandals. There's really not that much tea there, honestly. Most of the scandals for RBW are regarding their artist's questionable behavior. Mm. I'm looking at you, Mamamoo, and your blackface performance. And their most, I wouldn't call it interesting, but their most shocking a scandal is regarding Oneus. And this actually happened, I would say, recently, back mm. in October of last year, yeah. where Raven voluntarily left Oneus, according to a post made by RBW on their official fan cafe. So basically, the scandal was that an ex-girlfriend of Raven alleged through a series of tweets that the idol was not only a serial cheater, 
Fed had essayed her on the first night they met and that he made her pay for everything. Honestly, I don't see the last statement as being important compared to the two bombs that she dropped at the very beginning, but whatever. So initially, RBW responded by saying that they were looking into it. And then a couple days later, they said that Raven was going to go on hiatus while they continued to investigate and that they would prosecute the alleged ex-girlfriend if the claims were proven to be false. So at this point, they're still pretty much standing with the artist. However, just 10 days later, they announced that Raven voluntarily had left the group while claiming that there had been some false information and malicious editing of the post regarding him and that they would unveil the accurate truths, which is kind of funny because truth is accurate like why would you say accurate truth but whatever right. on this through a lawsuit so i didn't really want to go into the very many details about this scandal because some of the allegations are pretty heavy we like kathy said we will post everything to our blog so if you want to look into it you can just know that it, it's pretty gross and heavy things mm. in conclusion i really don't know if it's true if it's not true i mean the point is he did leave the group nobody has been convicted of anything and actually raven posted under his birth name because now he's going by his birth name on instagram earlier this year kind of give an update on his life and he's making music on youtube and soundcloud so he's not like completely gone gone so i don't know in general what matters is if you or a loved one is struggling with trauma or mental illness, you can reach out to the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline or the National Sexual Assault Hotline. And I hope you're all safe because it's not a pretty world out there. With every scandal that I saw when I was researching all of these companies, it's never like black or white. Hmm. And so I always tend to believe the victims until like proven otherwise mm. and there has been some back and forth between one of his other ex-girlfriends that was brought in by the first ex-girlfriend who said it's not true like she's lying but with something like that you won't know unless there's something criminal yeah showed or whatever so it's kind of like he said she said so it's mm, it's just icky yeah Very. so moving on RBW went public in November of 2021. And with that move, they've kind of been steadily trying to grow within the K-pop industry. They've done this with a series of acquisitions within the last couple of years. So in 2021, they acquired majority shares in WM Entertainment, which is home to Oh My Girl. Mm. They're not very big internationally, but they're pretty big in South Korea. Yeah. And... WM Entertainment became a subsidiary of RBW. In January of 2022, they purchased majority shares in DSP Media, which is home to Card. And DSP also became a subsidiary of RBW. And then just recently, they acquired Urban Works Media, which is a TV company, mm -hmm. and Goodfellas, which is like a ballads company. So they're really trying to expand their portfolio to kind of give incentive to people to buy shares of their company makes sense like i mentioned earlier we and left uh, rbw in 2021 however she signed an expanded agreement until 
December of this year, which allows her to participate in some activities, mm. including albums and concerts. And Huasa left in June of like literally last month uh, for P Nation. And she actually announced this by signing her contract at the Summer Swag Festival mm -hmm. because fun. Why not? And I had I wasn't able to find whether she had done something like we and where she uh, signed like an expanded agreement. Mm. Um, I really hope so, because I really like Mamamoo as a group. I think the four girls are super talented and they work well together. Mm. So I'm hoping they can continue doing things together. But I couldn't find anything about it. Well, on that note, it was crazy that the same day that she signed her contract with P Nation, the rumors of her relationship came out. So a lot of fans were basically saying like RBW leaked her relationship as a like payback or as being petty for her leaving the company. So doesn't seem if that's the case, which feels like it could be because if people are saying yeah. that this is a five year relationship, why now? Why that right. same day? Like clearly trying to put a damper on the relationship and and her career clearly and making her less profitable for P Nation, like mm -hmm. fucked up on every regard. If, it, if it's true that they that they did that super and they just recently held like july 16th so last sunday they held their family concert where like all of the groups performed or whatever moonbio and solar were part of it but obviously not we and in hwasa and then just recently maybe like yesterday or the day before kathy sent me a instagram post where they kind of teased their newest trainee group called new id and that they would be performing in a family concert that's scheduled to be in Japan. So RBW in general seems to be like just your normal whatever company, you know, not too bad, not too great, just mid, in my opinion. <laughs> that's pretty much a little bit on RBW. We really just wanted to cover it because they're home to Mamamoo and Card, which are two groups that we really love. Card recently went on Eric Nam's The Debak Show, and they were actually talking about the difference of their treatment with RBW overseeing DSP. Yeah. Yeah. So it looks like at least for them, it's going well. It might have just been that DSP was a total shithole and anything's better, but at least some of our faves are happy so yeah it seems like more money's on the table for them which is great because that's really the only way to advance and the yeah. k-pop industry and the music industry in general 100 yeah. well from rbw we moved to another small company that we just talked about briefly which has a very big personality over it and that is p nation kind of a few of the companies here are all intertwined like you mentioned the dreamus connection between uh kq and rbw and we talked about now rbw with p nation losing huasa to them and then we'll mention people from p nation about the company coming at the end so it's all like laura said big clusterfuck of arroz con mango which just means you know not like the mango sticky rice from i was Thailand. gonna say it's, it's not crazy it's not how the cultures are like cultures are very different yeah in latin america arroz con mango means a mess like it's just right. like something you wouldn't mix so mm. anyway P Nation. We this is also very brief. P Nation is a South Korean entertainment company, record label, entertainment agency, and concert production company founded in 2018 by Sai after he left YG Entertainment. Their artists include and included. I'm gonna just go through the list in chronological order. Their first artist that P Nation signed was Jesse. 
She signed in January of 2019 and she left in July of 2022 after her three-year contract expired. Right after Jesse, the same month in 2019, Kiana and Don signed after they left Cube Entertainment. More on that later. And they were with the P Nation until August of 2022, at which point Don went to Ad Area. And he, I don't believe Hiana has signed with anyone. And no, yet, we haven't found out. there hasn't been any news about her signing with anyone. In 2019, in June, they also got Crush. In 2020, in September, they got Heja. In 2020, in December, Dark signed with P Nation, but he was only there until November 2021, so just under a year. And then in April of 2021, Panomico and Swings signed with P Nation. And then in May of 2022, the new six, which is their idol group, debuted, formed through a survival show called Loud, which aired in 2021. And it was signed with JYP that did that show in conjunction. So TNX came from that. And then, like Laura just said, in 2023, now in June, and on the 30th, I believe, Pasa signed officially with P Nation, which was, I guess, uh, interesting because after losing Jesse, Huasa and and Sai have collaborated before, so it, it did seem like a, a good fit. And Huasa was clearly unhappy at RBW, so we'll see what she can manage to do and release with P Nation. The controversies and scandals over at P Nation are, hmm, how do I describe them? I would say messy and okay. it's not a lot and it's all kind of around the same topic for the most okay. part. But yeah, it's 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 a lot for uh, having just been around for, you know, barely five years. Yeah. Yeah. So the scandals and controversies are as follows. In June of 2022... Size summer swag concerts came under fire before they even started happening because people were concerned that COVID tends to transmit more easily within like wet environments and summer swag is a big wet party. So, <laughs> you know, after three years of not having the festival due to COVID and stuff, it was coming back in 2022, but people were concerned about the rates of transmission because of all the wetness. So P Nation came out and said, Guys, we got you. We're going to give everybody in attendance three masks to switch out during the day. And this whole like hygiene sanitizing kit. That was in June of 2022. They held the festival and then P Nation went under investigation because of COVID transmission cases, because South Korea's Central Disaster and Safety Countermeasure headquarters received multiple reports from people who claim to have contracted COVID-19 after attending a music concert that sprays water. So there's that. The concerns, again, had been brought up from before. They had said that they were going to take these measures, but the measures were clearly not enough. At the same time, in or around August, South Korea's Ministry of Employment and Labor investigated the death of a construction worker who happened to be a man from Mongolia in his 20s. I don't know that the nationality is a factor here, but I'm mentioning it because it was part of the story. So he was one of the crew who were dismantling a Sai Summer Swag concert set. And P Nation said that they would take measures to prevent this from happening again, and they paid for his funeral. The investigation revealed that his death was reportedly due to lack of proper safety equipment despite the inclement and rainy weather. So summer in Korea is very much like summer in Miami. Over here, it's hurricane season. Over there, it's monsoon season. Right now, we are seeing, if you follow in real time, any of the South Korea accounts, a lot of accounts are posting floods and rain and it's 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 a very like this as inclement weather yeah. so if they had a company working on dismantling a set during those times without the proper tools 
it's extremely disheartening unfortunate and i don't even have the words because a life was lost so hopefully they're taking better care of that situation this year i think the investigation had more to do with who hired the contractor mm -hmm. company and what their relationship was to see if p nation had a lot of responsibility in yeah. the measures for safety or not but that was kind of the end of that story and summer swag happened again this year also i know the writer strike is on so i'm not supposed to like promote this but Summer Swag 2022 did get recorded for Disney Plus all around the world, and it is available on Hulu currently. I actually saw it a couple of weekends ago because I was writing a blog about how Disney Plus is in its K-pop era and all the Korean content that you can find on Disney Plus. But again, because of the writer's strike, not promoting anything, but I, I thought it was interesting that Summer Swag was one of the featured contents that Disney Plus worked on and is currently available on Hulu. So hmm. didn't hear it from me. Support the writer strike. Support the actor strike. And then in October of 2022, <laughs> Cy is pretty fucking smart. I'm not going to lie. He <laughs> launched a, a NFT fan community and it's called Society, but it's S-O, Psy, like Psy, mm -hmm. his name. Eddie so it's really funny how it's spelled but I just thought that was really fucking clever as a, as a lover of words myself I really enjoyed that little society situation so NFTs we know are like literally over who wants them ill and the whole like carbon footprint and the sustainability aspect so we don't want them but all that clearly outlined but The perks of being part of this community included that owners would get priority selling for the future Psy events and concerts. And the fans did comment that at least the Psyger, like the, because he has like a furry avatar or whatever, at least the Psyger looks cute. And the description says that society uses Luniverse blockchain, which is supposedly zero carbon. So it doesn't actually have an impact on the environment negatively. Don't know if that's true. I can't really corroborate that for y'all because I'm not an NFT girly. But that's what the peeps are saying. Look at that and go figure out if you want to join it for yourself. And then, as I mentioned earlier during the RBW conversation, Huasa's dating scandal, again, literally the same day that Huasa signed with P Nation, the rumor mill started running wild with reports that Huasa had been in a relationship for five years with a man 12 years their senior. But P Nation, I think, handled it well. Their statement said it is difficult to confirm details regarding the artist's personal life. We ask for your understanding. And that's how they had to say they pulled the yg they pulled the yg <laughs> i love it and um yeah Psy clearly learned from his years at yg how to handle <laughs> these scandals so we are glad that they stuck by huasa's side i mean they really didn't have a choice they literally signed the contract that same day so <laughs> <laughs> i think for everybody's best interest this was the best possible outcome so and then in recent developments and this was the reason why i wanted to cover p nation Number one, also, because I think they actually are genuinely a small company, so it yeah. was worth being covered. And also, Psy became Psy and, like, literally made K-pop a thing in the world with Gangnam Style. So I think it's admirable to see what he's done and taken from just himself to, you know, make a company. So in May of 2022, TNX, which is the new six, which is the group that I mentioned before that launched from a survival show called Loud. TNX debuted with the EP Way Up and the single Move. That was May of 2022. Wow. January of 2023, P Nation announced through their official fan cafe that Junhyuk, which is a member of TNX, would be temporarily halting activities due to health concerns. This was just a month or less than a month before TNX came out with their second EP, which was called Love Never Dies with the lead single Love or Die. Then in April or May, Junior actually came back on social media and 
Weavers Fan Cafe and film content for their next comeback. And then in June, the company announced that he would also be sitting out of the current comeback that they had, which was called Boyhood, the EP, and the lead single was called Kick It For Now because of continued anxiety treatment. So the reason I wanted to mention all this because Junior Hook is my little boy bias. My little boy, I mean, like, I consider TNX my sons because I was there from the beginning of their debut. I was really interested in following a group from debut. So I really wanted to see it. And I thought Psy had like a different concept and a different situation in mind. So I was really excited with the new six. I actually think their songs are pretty cute. Like they have, they have an interesting range. They're not stuck in one sound. They've done kind of like a little bit of everything. I would say their style is kind of similar to TXT. In that mm, sense yeah. of like trying different genres and like doing the little rocker thing and the little heartbroken thing and the little like schoolboy thing. So uh, I really like them. And I'm just hoping that Junhyuk is getting the care that he needs. I know for a small company, it may be hard to secure the right help, especially if it's something with like anxiety that is so debilitating and all that stuff. So if you struggle with anxiety, trust me, I do as well. I'm sure all of us have some level of it to one point or another. Junior is on a really big stage and on a company that is relying on the group a lot. And so, yeah, I just wanted to mention that and hope that P Nation is doing everything they can to help him because the new six needs six people to be mm. the new six. So Honestly, I really like their songs. Love I or know. Die was in my no skips for It months. really was. Yeah, it was. Months. I remember so that. Good. And also just FYI, when the show loud happened there was a seventh member that was supposed to make it in but he was literally 12 so he did not make the final cut for the group yeah he was a little prodigy uh and he's actually i believe japanese and he's amazing he's incredible but he's literally 12 years old like no one should debut at 12 years old as good as you are so we are going to be talking about f NC Entertainment. The history part's gonna be real brief because the meaty part is scandals, and the scandals are scandalizing. Sorry. They I'm are scared. insane. Trigger Jeez. warnings. Oh my god! From right now, like skip this section if you want. <laughs> so, just really quickly, it was founded in 2006 by Han Song Ho as FNC Music. For, for the first six years of existence, they only managed musicians. And it wasn't until 2012 where it changed its name to FNC Entertainment and it began broadening its like business. So uh, just in 2021, they established two new labels, one for girl groups only, FNCW okay. and one for Trot, FNCB. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> also, I just thought it was interesting that FNC, the name comes from that tale in the Bible where Jesus took five fish and fed it like a crowd. So I just thought ironic. Really? It's from that? Wait, is it? Is it? It's five loaves of bread and two fish, isn't it? Right. Yeah. So that's the, the, the CEO is really, really Christian. Oh. So he hoped that by putting this into the company name, it would kind of bring a lot of blessings into all of their business dealings. Currently, the artists under them are SF9, Cherry Bullet, which is under FNCW, P1 Harmony, FT Island, and CN Blue. So formerly, which I thought this was really interesting because I didn't know, they had AOA, which is a girl group, 
and Ju J Suk, which is literally like the king the of the biggest South name Korea. in entertainment. Yeah. Right. So he was there for a very long time. And then he moved to Antenna from here. Mm-hmm. Mm. So their controversies and scandals, like I said, are just gird your loins. I'm gonna gird my loins because I don't I don't know the scandals. Laura's gonna teach me and she's gonna take us all to church right now. So I, I think I'm gonna start with the least scandally. <laughs> To the most, I guess. So the first one is kind of like P Nation um, dealing with COVID. So it was basically their alleged involvement with a religious sect. So rumors started spreading in the internet that FNC artists were part of a Christian sect that was reported as large, largely responsible for the outbreak of COVID-19 in Daegu. I remember so, a lot of those stories in 2020, like the crazy religious sect people that were trying to spread COVID like on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Those in people. South Korea. Those people. So obviously FNC was like, no, none of our artists are involved with the sect. And we will take legal action to anyone that continues to spread these rumors. 2020 was crazy. <laughs> that's all I can say. Like, weird. So that's kind of like not really a big deal, right? Sure, because they were innocent. Uh-huh. Right, right. Moving on. Unfair contracts. They're part of that group not, of girlies. Not SM. Not again. Yes. Oh, man. Okay. So in March 2017, the Korean Fair Trade Commission inspected eight agencies Aside from FNC, they also inspected JYP, YG, SM, DSP, and Cube. And they looked to correct six types of unfair contractual terms. So the ones that FNC were, had were they asked FNC to stop imposing excessive penalties on contract cancellations, which would be they were charging the trainees or idols two to three times the amount they invested in them. And another one was that they could cancel contracts for any ambiguous reasons. So they could call, they could say morality clauses were like a thing because they weren't being moral enough. So it made it really hard for the idols and the trainees to kind of fight against that because yeah. how, how, how can you, right? No, you can't. Right. FNC basically voluntarily accepted these changes and... That was the end of that, apparently. The reason why I chose FNC is because my son, Sol, is part of P1 Harmony. And I am truly concerned about my son's safety with FNC. Because slave contracts, <laughs> religious sect, like these rumors are, well, their unfair contracts isn't a rumor. And it's what I'm about to say sounds crazy. But this next scandal is part of the burning sun scandal. And the fact that it's not the last scandal says a lot, right? So for those of you who may not know, the Burning Sun scandal in South Korea was this huge scandal uh, where a lot of entertainments were, entertainers were involved. And it was pretty much, if you were a woman, you weren't a person. You weren't even a thing. You were just nothing, right? So CN Blue, one of its members, Lee Jong-hyun, was caught in the Burning Sun scandal, where it first came with allegations that he had participated in viewing illicit videos and that he had had inappropriate conversations degrading women. And this was like at the very beginning where this was all alleged. A couple of days later, 
he actually came forward and admitted to his participation in the shots and that he did watch videos and said horrible things. He this was all the Burning Sun scandal was March. It wasn't until August that he left the group, which is basically six months later. This was 2019. So FNC basically said to the original allegations and to his subsequent confession that Jonghyun was in a period of reflection while fulfilling his enlistment. That was literally all they said. The reason why I think and a lot of netizens think that he left the group was because after he admitted to being a horrible human, right, he continued obviously to be a horrible human. So it wasn't until August of that year that a YouTuber released messages where he made some really gross and questionable comments to her, which brought up the fact that he was still in the group and nothing had really happened. So the company says and he says that it took him like a long time to leave the group because he was enlisted. But I don't know, like it just doesn't sound I think he was just hoping to kind of sweep it under the rug and continue doing his thing, because even after you're cut in such a big scandal, you're still sending disgusting messages to people like my guy and and also if you guys want to know more about the burning sun scandal we went into as clean of detail possible in our yg episode because it's truly disturbing and it it, it would require like hours and hours of just you know being horrified so we went into a i don't want to call it palatable but uh sure, enough summer. level of detail for you to know the gist of it without being disturbed in our yg episode so you can check it out i researched that part and i literally i had to take a break because it was too much so the fact that his scandal isn't even the top scandal of fnc says a lot and i think the only reason is because he didn't go to jail but he's disgusting and i'm glad he is gone because gross okay so going from a burning sun scandal we now move to i think would be fnc's biggest scandal to date and that has to do with AOA, their girl group. And it involves mainly two members, Jimin and Mina. We want to add a trigger warning to this section, like specifically for like self-harm. If you're sensitive to literally anything regarding a person's mental health or their well-being, just skip the section. So basically what happened was um, in July of 2020, former member Mina posted a lengthy Instagram post under a screenshot of a text message she got from someone telling her to get lost with like curses and stuff like that. In that post and in subsequent follow-up post, Mina detailed years of bullying by AOA leader Jimin. So basically, Mina says that she decided to speak out in 2020 because Jimin's dad passed away and it kind of triggered like a memory for her because when her ha her dad passed away a couple years earlier, she alleged that she was bullied into working through it and was told at the time that she was lowering everyone's mood and to just kind of suck it up buttercup pretty much. I don't think my eyes can bulge out of my face any harder. Yeah. And, and I remember part of this, like when we first started like getting in, like I remember the news about them, their names ring all the bells. So Mina asked in one of the Instagram posts that she put was why she had to suffer uh, from not even seeing her dad. She says that when her dad passed away, 
he was calling her name, but she couldn't make it to the hospital. And while this happened to her, Jimin was given time off to be with her dad and her dad was provided a VIP room in a hospital. So this was kind of like the trigger event yeah. um, that kind of made her speak out, she says. And she also goes on to detail how she's had to go through scar removal procedures from cutting her wrist uh due to all of the trauma and mental stress and illness that the bullying cost her she did try to unalive herself a couple times and that she didn't leave aoa because she wanted to pursue her acting career she left it because of the bullying she says so this all happened in july in august of that same year fnc responded to mina's statements and they basically apologized to mina for not managing aoa better and wished her a speedy recovery they said they didn't respond immediately because they didn't want to create more sensation uh, regarding the story. And they said that Mina's health was more important than publicly stating what was right or wrong about the events and situations. And they also said that Jimin had decided to leave the group on her own accord and that she wanted to retire from the entertainment industry. There's a twist. So in that same year, Dispatch, even Dispatch got involved, released a series of texts and recorded conversations between Mina and the rest of the members, as well as Mina and the FNC managers. So basically, Mina went public in July, but as of April of 2020, she had already started to have this back and forth between her, Jimin, and the other members about everything that had happened to her. And they even had like, once she went public, they even had like a group meeting where they talked about it and where Jimin like apologized and it was it's it's like very very messy so in dispatch reports they released the series of texts between Jimin and Mina where they kind of talk about what's going on and Mina harasses Jimin about what she did and Jimin tries to apologize without apologizing it's insane. They also released some conversations between Mina and the FNC managers because at this point, netizens were kind of like turning a tide. Mm. Like they were kind of going, wait a second. Right. Is Mina actually the victim here? Basically, the manager said that Mina was often unprofessional and bratty. And so netizens speculated that the reason why Jimin had to confront her a lot was because of her horrible attitude. So they say, based on the dispatch article, that because Mina was so bratty, the only way she would listen was when Jimin was harsh with her. Because if she wasn't harsh, she wouldn't respond. So it's like, it kind of like went full yeah, circle. Yeah, total 180. Right. And and so I personally don't know who to believe and like what actually happened. There's so many. It is true that Mina has scars on her body and that she had a very rough time because she has the receipts to prove it. Jimin might have tried to do the best by the group, but we won't know. The, the weird thing is that the group sort of backed up Mina's claims, but also when they met that day to talk it out they didn't really shit on Jimin mm. right like you would think if they had seen somebody do that much bullying to someone in their group and that person actually has the courage to speak up they would say okay we are not alone 
let's get this right. It was very much when in some of the conversations when Jimin was apologizing and saying that she would leave the group, the other members were like, no, you leaving the group won't solve anything. So it's just, it's very, very messy, very messy. If you guys want to see everything that Dispatch released, all of the Instagram posts that Mina released, we'll have them on our blog if you really want to go down that route. Yeah, but it is, it is insane. I personally just think that it's crazy that FNC let it get to the stage. They're managed by this company that literally... For the most part, entertainment companies don't let their idols even breathe without them knowing. So the fact that all of this happened, it's insane to me. Like, what were they even fucking doing? I don't think clearly they weren't doing anything. And I think it has to do a lot with that whole system of like why K-pop has leaders to begin with. Mm -hmm. And it's like the leader is supposed to like act as a liaison between the company and the members. And they're supposed to like solve problems and, you know, work shit out on their own. So I think Jimin probably... I don't know anything about them or anything. So this is just conjecture, an assumption. Jimin may have been trying to handle things on her own in the wrong way and literally ended up setting off a member's mental health or or who knows? Because maybe she, maybe Mina was a problem all along. I don't know. We don't know. Yeah. I, I honestly, I look through it and I still don't know. Like, yeah. it, it's very weird. But and definitely FMC was wrong for not 100%, stepping in like, way sooner. How how can I trust them with my son? You can't. Like, you can't. It's, it's insane. If anyone's wondering, Jimin, who said that she wanted to retire from the entertainment industry, is fully back singing. And she was actually part of a rapper reality show. And people are kind of like cheering her on she was actually earlier this year on a radio show with one of the members or i think two of the members from aoa so obviously they're still talking or everyone is a bad person right so it's it's very very weird very weird but some of the things mina was saying or, or alleging were insane if you guys watch k-dramas there's sometimes like in the school k-dramas the bullying storyline mm. where you're like how the fuck is this even real or like when you're watching a mexican telenovela when the bad person is like super bad and they do all these things and they call people esquinkla and all that kind of stuff <laughs> it's like that like i don't understand how people could do those things like where that hatred and that horrible place comes from so the things that she was alleging are really really dark but then the fact that she's fully back in the entertainment industry and everyone's cheering her on is just i don't know man gray 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 i knew fnc was going to have some scandals but i didn't think it was going to be like this not to this extent yeah because like mm. you said we heard about their names when we first started getting into k-pop but i didn't really look into it and now that I did, I wish I could take it back. Like, yeah. I know the world is an ugly place, but like, I, I don't think I needed to know that. I know. I remember just seeing like the the post from Dispatch where they were listing or like showing the screenshots from the conversations and like the translations weren't really available. So I don't think we like looked into the detail of it at the time. We just knew shit was going down between them. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's ooh, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. so I don't know how we can move on from that but we're gonna have to just before we move on to the next company just a couple of things fnc artists are on weavers as of 2021 
you can find P1 Harmony, Cherry Bullet, CM Blue One Weavers. I would like to note that SF9 is nowhere to be found. I don't know if it's because a lot of the members are enlisted, but it just feels like P1 Harmony has kind of taken priority over SF9 in terms of like boy groups, mm -hmm. which like I get, they're younger, they're cuter. But also like I hope that once SF9 is mostly whole, they'll get the attention and the backing from FNC that they need, right? Agreed. And yeah, that's that's FNC for you. Well, the last company that we're going to talk about today is the one that I wanted to shit on all along. I have hated Cube Entertainment with my whole body for years now. You could say for like not a lot of reason. Like I just, I, in my body, in my heart of hearts, I just knew about them and I hated them. Like, when Laura was trying to get me into K-pop throughout 2020, one of the first things that she told me about was Hyuna and Dawn's scandal. And the fact that they were fired for being in love kind of thing had me just completely predisposed to Cube from the beginning. So yeah. that's kind of why I've always hated them. Like it just, it started with that because I'm like, who could get in the way of love this is before i knew about k-pop and the lulus and fans and the lack of acceptance for relationships in k-pop but still fuck cube with that let's talk about them brief history cube is a south korean entertainment company record label talent agency music production company event management and concert production company and a music publishing house they were founded on august 29th of 2006 originally as play cube inc the founders include Hong Sung Song, aka Simon Hong, who was the former president of JYP Entertainment, please note that, and Shin Jung-hwa, which is Monica Shen. Simon Hong left in April of 2020 over ownership disputes, BT-dubs. In the artist department, we have a lot of formers when it comes to Cube and not as many currents, mm -hmm. and for good reason. I won't go through the whole list. We'll just name a few. In 2009, they debuted 4Minute, which was their first girl group, first K-pop group, which is where Hyona came out of. That group disbanded in 2016. In the same year, just a few months later, they debuted Beast, which is a boy group. They left Cube in 2016 altogether. Not altogether because they were six and now they're four. But they left Cube while allegedly being 45% of their total revenue, like their total sales. Beast was huge for Cube. Yeah, almost 50%. Holy shit. Yeah. And then in 2017, they created their own company. They renamed and rebranded to Highlight. We actually oh saw them God. in person in South Korea. When we went to South Korea, we went to a music show taping. And the group that won the show was Highlight. It was only three of the members were there when we saw the show, but... It's pretty cool. I forgot that was their original name. Yeah, yeah, that was them. In 2010, they debuted Gina, which was their first solo artist and a very notable scandal that they had coming up soon. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, Hyona, Hyona started out in JYP as part of Wonder Girls. I was going to say a joke of like she was there for four minutes, but she was there for two years. <laughs> and, then she, and then she started in four minute in Cube. Rain was notably part of Cube Entertainment for a hot minute as well. Word. Don, his name was E. Don while he was promoting with Cube. He was part of Pentagon. And there's a bunch more people here, uh, but the last two that I'll mention are CLC, which was a very well-liked girl group. And then Triple H was a subunit that Hyanna formed with two members of Pentagon, which included Don and Hui. That's all the former list roster. Currently... They have B2B, who debuted in 2012. They have Che Yujin from CLC. 
she stayed signed to Cube. She went and uh, participated in Girls Planet 999 show, and now mm -hmm. she's the leader of Kepler. So oh. she went she went from CLC to Kepler. And then in October of 2016, Pentagon debuted. In 2017, Joe Kwon signed with Cube after 16 years being with JYP. In 2018, Yu Song Ho. In May of 2018, Idol, G Idol for the uninitiated, but Idol for the, the girls who know, no. And then in June of 2021, they debuted Lightsome, which is the latest girl group that they have launched. Cube also manages several entertainers and actors, including E. Huije, Ho Kyun Hwan, Pak Misun, Na Inu, and Kim Jing Woo, and Pak Sung Young. Sorry for mispronouncing all of those names. Now, for the controversies and scandals, Laura already mentioned that Cube was one of the agencies that got looked at for their contracts and stuff. All of the scandals that I looked at here were specifically around their artists because this is why I hate Cube again. So <laughs> okay. I just wanted to focus on this. So 2016, starting off strong, trigger warning, prostitution, starting out the scandals for Cube. Gina, who was the solo artist that they launched, their first solo artist, she is a Canadian Korean artist, very well loved, very successful. In 2016, she was accused of giving sexual favors to an unidentified businessman in exchange for around $30,000. The singer denied the accusations, explaining that she was under the impression that she was dating him for realsies, but obviously she was getting money in exchange. So she says that the person who had set them up was a friend who had lent her the money to help out with her financial situation. She pleaded that she had no idea about this friend actually being a broker for high-end prostitution. And the idol was ultimately charged with prostitution and had to pay a fine of around $1,600 for her actions. Following the scandal, she halted all her activities and went on an undefined hiatus, which has lasted through this day. She actually posted on like January 1st of this year on her personal Instagram, something about hashtag still alive. Don't give yeah. up. Yeah. So she, she still has a lot of support and a lot of fans that want her to do well and wanted her to kind of recover and come back, but that never really happened. And so that scandal basically killed her career. I mean, in terms of scandals, if she did it with her own like consent, I mean, it's not the worst thing I've ever heard for sure. And if she needed the money or whatever, like you do, you, man. you know, but prostitution is a crime in South Korea. So mm -hmm. in 2018, we have Hyuna and Dong, which is a scandal that I referred to at the beginning of this story. Their scandal is very long winded. I will try to summarize as best as I can. But basically, on August 2nd of 2018, photos of Hyuna with Dawn at their birthday party on June 4th were released. Cube Entertainment initially denied rumors of the two dating. However, Hyuna and Dawn held an interview themselves and they were like, yeah, we've been dating since 2016. We love each other. And what What's about wrong it? with that? <laughs> and what about it? Period. <laughs> and it was, you know, cute, whatever, but... This basically was a huge blow. By this point, Four Minute had already disbanded. They had disbanded since 2016. It's been two years. So, you know, but Hyuna was still signed to Cube because she was one of their biggest money makers and she had done so much for the company. She had the record of the fastest video to reach 100 million views as a solo artist uh, for women. 
So, you know, she was a really fucking big deal. So she was still signed to them. And she was at the time promoting with the Triple H subunit that she had with Dawn and with Hui from Pentagon. So again, they were supposed to have a fan meeting that same day. But because of the fucking press conference, Cube decided to halt all her activities and just like literally cancel her and Dawn. Around this point, this was August. Cube decided kind of to be like, we don't trust our artists, so we can't continue working with them but also we're not gonna fire them just yet we're gonna like take a little time to like decide what to do because again she was a huge money maker for them so most of the fans at the time were outraged and they basically wanted dawn to leave pentagon that was like the the most pressing matter and the thing that fans wanted the most so basically hiana got tired of waiting for cube to decide whether or not she was going to be in the company after have, having halted all of her activities she basically gave him a deadline and she put out a long long letter once she got tired of waiting and the letter said firstly when i was parting ways with jyp i was on chairman hong's side again remember how he was the president of jyp before founding cube secondly when there was a conflict between chairman hong and president park Chung-min, i turned down president park even when he tried to convince me and stood on the side of chairman hong thirdly after cube went public the only thing i've done is to do my best to help create the cube that it has become today i don't know how great of a crime i've committed but since the beginning of september all of my schedules have been canceled then on september 13th i read the news of my removal even though i could have been told in person every day is torture for me for these past two months it's been too difficult for me to wait i ask that you give a response by the 15th then i would like for the contract to be canceled cleanly and gentlemanly if i receive no response by then i will go my way through a press conference on the basis of the facts that have occurred thus far I ask once again, but I have done only my very best, deteriorating my health in order to sacrifice for the cube that is here today. Despite my feelings, my image has hit rock bottom and my reputation has been tarnished because of my removal from cube. So she was rightfully pissed, gave them this deadline, and then they ended up coming to an agreement that she would be leaving the group. And then I believe in October, Dawn's contract was also terminated. So they both left cube in at the end of 2018 but wonderful timing by Sai creating p nation he ended up founding it in 2018 and then they both signed with p nation in january of 2019 and created some good music while mm. they were there so glad that Sai came to the rescue but cube really fucked them up and honestly like the fact that she had to you know say like she sacrificed her health for cube and to make Cube what it was today, she dedicated to her company and she just fucking fell in love. Like, what the actual fuck? Literally. Like, it's so stupid. The next scandal is with Lai Guanlin. He was a former Produce 101 contestant, former member of 101 as well, and current member of the duo Usok and Quanlin. And he's involved in an ongoing legal battle with Cube Entertainment, which began in 2019 when he requested that his exclusive contract with the agency be canceled. So his lawyer said on July 27, 2017, Lai Guanlin signed an exclusive contract with Cube Entertainment. Within just a few months, in January 2018, Cube sold Lai Guanlin management rights in China to a third-party agency. Through the transaction, Cube was given a sum that was dozens of times larger than the contract fee given to Lai Guanlin. Lai Guanlin and his parents were not consulted about this at all, so they weren't able to agree or disagree with the transaction. He also stated that Cube Entertainment agreed to conflicting schedules without Guanlin's consent that had caused his image to become damaged in the Chinese broadcast industry. They sold someone. They literally sold... A person. A person. <laughs> allegedly? I don't know. Should it's, we say allegedly? Yeah, we should say allegedly, I guess. But... Yeah, they're disgusting, and and that's insane. The second-to-last scandal happened in 2020 with Elki. She was a member of CLC. 
She claims to have suffered both mistreatment and mismanagement. She said, the most extreme incident was when I couldn't sleep for several days and wasn't even able to remove my makeup. The longest time I've had dance practice was for 16 hours straight from noon to late at night. I was so tired that I walked like a zombie. So that was one claim that she was just, that was about the mistreatment and everything. There was a second claim about how basically their songs were given to Eyes One at the time. At least one, like one really good song that Eyes One blew up with and then CLC got like the not great song. So they didn't blow up with that one. So she mentioned that the song and opportunity that had originally belonged to us were given to someone else and the situation felt so helpless. The seven of us worked really hard, but the agency took away our opportunities. I think the agency was too out of line. I feel so disappointed. And then lastly, so CLC fans know very well that like CLC started with like a cute concept, whatever. They weren't really able to stand out. Then they came back with like this rocker concept. They blew up. And then I believe it was around 2020, the company literally told CLC that they weren't going to promote them anymore as a group and that they were not interested in spending any money on them as a group. And they were only interested in like basically solo work. So at that point, Elkie like decided to leave the company and it's just fucking disgusting. Like, how do you train a group and like work with them, but then decide to not give a fuck about them? And that's because of obviously idol success and their, yeah. you know, their growth. They they had someone else to focus on, which is absolutely disgusting. So, oh, actually, we had two more scandals. It wasn't just two, one, one more. Makes so sense. second to last, we have B2B Ilhun's marijuana charges. On oh. December 31st, 2020, Cube Entertainment announced that Ilhun would be leaving B2B after being investigated for using marijuana. Ilhun was under investigation from the Seoul Metropolitan uh, Police Agency for purchasing and using marijuana over the past four to five years and was also charged for violating the Narcotics Control Act. He was accused of buying 133 million won worth of cannabis on 161 occasions between 2016 and 2019, together with seven other people. They are known to have bought the drug with cryptocurrency. In June, the Seoul Central District Court sentenced him to two years in jail and ordered him to forfeit 133 million won. But he lodged an appeal and submitted more than 80 letters of apology. So he is no longer in jail, thankfully. But he did get forced to leave the group by Cube. And then the last candle for Cube is in 2021, Sujin leaving Idol. So I think most of us, I mean... Laura and I remember very clearly when the onslaught of accusations for idols that were bullies came out in 2021. Yeah. Sujin was one of the idols that was affected and accused. The thing with her is that, so basically one of her classmates, their little sister, was bullied by Sujin in school. And they had posted a bunch of accusations about how she defaced a classmate's coat with a marker. She had bad girl behavior, smoked forced a friend to memorize a choreography for graduation, drank a lot of alcohol, rode a motorcycle. So like, you know, arguably things that are just like, okay, sure, you're not a perfect person. Like what's new? And things that in the US, no one would have batted an eye with any of these accusations other than like maybe fucking up someone's coat if it was like expensive fur or something. I don't know. But basically like they put her on hiatus at the beginning of the accusations. And then there's an actress from a drama called High Kick Through the Roof. Her name is So Shinye. She claimed that she was actually also a victim of bullying. And even though she didn't name Sujin by name, fans put two and two together and they realized that it was about her. 
So at that point, once there's like a beloved actress and, you know, someone from the industry accusing her, Cube decided to drop her. Like at the beginning, Sujin only admitted to smoking and drinking alcohol. She denied everything else. And she maintains that she's never ridden a motorcycle, not nor perpetrated any violence, mental, physical, or emotional. I, can't, I know. Why does she have to say that she didn't ride a motorcycle? <laughs> like, who the fuck cares? There's bigger fish to fry, my guys. Really? But yeah, she said that she never inflicted any pain against her classmates. Uh. And then, so Cube initially provided a statement that refutes all accusations after um, an investigation was done. And then five months later, they dropped her from the group because that's Cube. That's the fucking Cube way. And there was no formal explanation. So the fandom obviously was pissed for mishandling the situation and not taking care of their talent. And a petition for bringing her back actually gathered over 160,000 signatures. So she was... Mm -hmm. Very well loved. That's the last like formal scandal. The other reason why I always hated Cube was because we saw a lot of reddits and stuff like that about the profit distribution among companies. So, you know, when you see like SM, YG, like how they split the profits of what they do with their artists. So when I looked at this again now with fresh eyes, Cube does not have the worst rates, but they also don't have the best rates. They don't have, they have something in the middle and it's just shit. So their contract years are (laughs) seven years for physical sales. The agency gets 80%. The artist gets 20% for physical sales renewed. The agency gets 70%. The artist gets 30% for events. The agency gets 60%. The artist gets 40%. And then for overseas promotions, the agency gets 40% and the artist gets 60%. So if you wonder why artists do so much work abroad, Usually it has to do with the fact that they get more money abroad than when they are in Korea. So the bottom line here or the common thread behind most of the accusations and the stories and their scandals is that Cube doesn't stand by their artists. And that's why I hate them. They literally are a terrible company who will not have your back, will not stand with you, will not stand for you because you have to be fucking kidding me that Hyanna and Don were dating for a full two years and they were they were going to act like they didn't know. Of course they fucking knew. They were just pissed that they uh, like admitted to it on TV and they made them yep. look stupid. So, you know, they don't have the artist's best interest at heart as artists or as people. And yeah. that is why they suck. If you look at content for Triple H, you could tell Huey or however his name is said, I'm so sorry, mm. was third wheeling. every single thing like you can just tell like literally it's it's so i mean obviously hindsight is 2020 but like bro yeah it was obvious yeah yeah yeah. i feel like now that they have you know idol blown up as much as they have this is their like golden child or their gold mine so that's what they're really focused on which is so funny to me because idol has like a bad girl image Right. And this member got kicked out for like Sujin would have fucking ate during like tomboy era. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Are you kidding me? But whatever. The most recent developments that we should mention for Cube is that I believe back in like November, December, Kakao Entertainment gave 80 billion Korean won to Cube. It's a lot of money. So, you know, people love to throw around the word like monopoly for the whole like hive and SM situation, bitch. Look at Kakao Entertainment. Like they have their hand in everything and everyone. Yeah. So interesting development. Also, Cube partnered with 88 Rising for the latest um, Idol drop. So Idol is about to actually release a full EP in English. 
and they have partnered with 88 Rising to do that. They dropped the first song called I Do, I believe on July 13th. I mm. heard it. It didn't sound like Idol to me personally, hey. but I don't know a lot of their discography, so maybe not a comment for me to make. I just, you know, we're, we're used to like their more fun bops. Right. And right. that was not really a fun bop. Mm. But it's interesting to see this partnership because every label right now is partnering with a us or global big company to bring the talent like stateside and them doing a full ep is huge this is the first time that cube has done this so that's that and then pentagon's hongsok alluded to the group not being paid by cube entertainment and so netizens have been sending instead of protest trucks flowers to demand better treatment of cube for pentagon i no I'm words okay with this see recently i watched a drama where Hong Suk was like, I think the second male lead. Mm. If you are a listener, you know I fucking live for a second male lead. <laughs> we do. Like we do. I I love it, guys. He's part of the big titty gang for what? <laughs> yeah. The disrespect. He's <laughs> like actually delicious. Yeah. Yes. Kino has been looking so amazing for what he gave us pose and then what he gave us a little bit of what we were missing while temin was enlisted yeah. with pose honestly yes. yes yes he served cunt while temin was away. the disrespect completely disgusting completely also hong Sok actually uh had to stop his enlistment early because of really really big mental health problems which like again where's the support my guys seriously pentagon has been with you for so long and where's the support anyway it's it's ridiculous so conclusions on cube they suck allegedly well, yeah allegedly we factually yeah spiritually emotionally and mentally they suck <laughs> and yeah that's uh, that's basically why i have had a vendetta against them and i'm really happy that i got to say my piece about cube because i really have been wanting to for a while you can again check all these stories with receipts on our blog and tell us what you think was like the worst story that you heard today and before we close i just want to reiterate that whatever we said that is alleged is alleged. Yes. And please take everything with a grain of salt. Yeah. At the end of the we day, tried we to are, do our best, but we're sharing information mm. from, you know, translated sites, from it's not like the New York Times is reporting on any of this. So it's not coming from sources that are super like triple fact checked and stuff. So mm -hmm. we are only at the end of the day doing the best we can with what we have. So mm -hmm. maybe New York Times go report. Thank you. Also, nobody sue us. Thank you. <laughs> Please. <laughs> to close, we do want to share that even though this is our season finale, we have a bonus episode coming soon, and it's our long-awaited episode completely in Spanish. En Español. <laughs> so that's how we're choosing to celebrate Colombians Independence Day, Hell which yeah. is today. 20 de julio but that was i guess last week for you but it's fine mm -hmm. so if you want to keep celebrating with us we won't be mad never thank you so much for listening we really appreciate it thank you guys see you in season four or before with some bonus episodes i guess see you mm -hmm. soon bye bye <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this episode of the mia2k podcast we have lots of great content coming up ahead so please don't forget to follow and subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. 
And if you enjoyed our episodes, please rate us five stars. And for the real-time tea, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook by searching for at MIA2K Podcast. Dale! Bye! <laughs>